Just leave it here. morning. Jesse, we're going to make a change here at the beginning. One of the things that I think pastors need to have, preachers need to have, is a sense of what the Spirit of God does in a meeting. And I have prepared something, and I sort of feel like after what Zach shared and hearing what the Panagios said, we're not going to do that. We're not going to go through all of this the way I planned to do. So, Jesse, if you can just skip to the third slide, third or fourth slide. We're just going to read some points, and I'm just going to share some very brief things because what Zach shared, I felt, was really compelling and spirit-led and the type of thing that you guys should be responding to. So I don't want to add on to that. I don't want to burden you with that. Whoops. So what I, my goal today was to share what is missions all about. And so my theme you see at the top there. Missions is the storyline of the Bible. And all of us play a part in it. So I'm not going to share all these points. Excuse me, I'm not going to share everything about all those points. But what I am going to do is just share the points briefly for you. So today is going to be more like a teaching time instead of a preaching time. If you allow that for me. And I want to be able to do this so that it completes what Zach said and maybe gives just a little bit more for you to be thinking about. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your goodness to us and guide us now as we look into some of these points. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. The first point to prove that missions is a storyline of the Bible would be what? If you think about how the Bible is structured, okay, you've got Genesis 1 and 2 where God establishes his stage and places his image bearers on that stage so they can carry out his will. And then you've got chapters 3 to 11 where sin enters into the world and mankind takes on this autonomous role that apart from God and apart from God's revelation, I will be the one who will choose good and evil. I don't need God to tell me what to do. And then you skip all the way to the end of the book of the Bible. You've got Revelation 21 and 22, the consummation, the restoration, as it were, of God's stage and of God's actors. So you've got Genesis 1 to 11, and you've got Revelation 21 to 22, and I'll even give you 6 to 19 of Revelation as the stage is being prepared. That means from Genesis chapter 12 all the way to, let's say, Revelation chapter 5 is all about what? Redemption. It's all about what God is doing to move this world toward that consummation, to save mankind. So when we say missions is the storyline of the Bible, I think just the structure of the Bible alone should tell us that by itself. Point number two, God is the one who sends. Missions is about God sending. He sent Jesus, according to John 5, God the Father and God the Son sends the Spirit, according to John 14, and there are many other verses besides that. He also sends us into the world. Us into the world. You can look up those verses later, John 17, 18, and 20, 21. We are being sent into the world, so in a one sense, all of us are missionaries to the world. 
All of us are sent into the world. He is the one who has given us this mission, given us this task to go into the world and represent him as new image bearers, as it were. Point number three. And this is where I think I want to harp on a passage, if you'd give me the time. Psalm 96.3, if you would turn there, please. Psalm 96. Because you see, missions is not just about salvation. Missions is about the glory of God. Those of you who have read John Piper's book know this to be the case. Missions is about God's reputation. It's about God's name. It's about honoring Him among the nations. It's giving Him credit. Giving Him credit for all the things that happen in the world. And unsaved people don't do this. We fall short of the glory of God. That's what Romans 3.23 says. Saved people do this. Psalm 96, verses 3 to 10. I'm only going to read just a few of these verses. Tell of his glory, tell of his glory among the nations, his wonderful deeds among all the peoples. For great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the people, they're just idols. But the Lord made the heavens. Skip over to verse 7. Ascribe to the Lord, O families of the peoples. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory of his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Go down to verse 10. Say among the nations, the Lord reigns. Indeed, the world is firmly established. It will not be moved. That's what missions is about. That's what missions is about. Going to the nations, going to the peoples with an excitement, with a fullness, with a sense about how great God is and how big He is and how powerful He is and how glorious He is and wanting to tell people about that so that they give him thanks, so that they worship him, so that they give him credit for all the things that he is doing. Because right now, God does not get credit. God does not get credit. So missions is all about the glory of God. It's all about the manifestation of that. It's all about his word and his works being talked about. Point number four. Missions is about sowing seed. We've already seen this in Mark chapter 4. Notice it says in verse 3 and 4, the sower goes forth to sow seed. Missions is about evangelism. Missions is about sharing the message of Christ's victory over sin and over shame. Defeating death and sin and shame and corruption. It is a verbal act. It is not simply enough for us to be actors and do things. It has to be pointed out to people. The reason why we do this, the reason behind this, to give God credit, I need to say it. And we are people in the sowing seed passage. We sow the seed everywhere, knowing full well that the majority of that seed is not going to come back to me. The majority of that seed is going to, quote, fail. But it doesn't. It creates and does what God purposes it to do, according to Isaiah 55 and 2 Corinthians 2. We can know that every single time we share the gospel, it has an impact on people. Every time. 
Some go to death unto death, according to 2 Corinthians 2. Some go to life unto life. But evangelism and missions is about sowing seed. It's about proclaiming the message wherever we go and to whomever we see. Point number five, it's about transforming culture. Because you see, it's not just enough to see people saved. We want them to become disciples and followers of Jesus. And in Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 to 16, he says, not be salt and light. He says, you are salt and light. So the key thing for us in missions is not that we cover that up. That somehow the difference that we are, the light that we are, and the salt that we are, is shown to the world in all of its abundance and therefore transforms culture penetrates culture so that when people see us, they see something different based on our character and what we say. Missions is about transforming culture. Six, both A and B I think I have up there. Maybe not. Missions is about supporting. Missions is about recognizing. Psalm 67 says twice in the passage, God gives you blessing. God gives you uh, money. God gives you wealth, God gives you possessions in order that, in order that people might know that God is the giver, that God exists, that God is the one who has provided this. How does that happen? It happens two ways. Number one, it happens by us giving credit to God. The reason why I have the house I have, the car I have, the family I have, the wealth I have, is because God has blessed me. So that people know it's not because I'm a hard worker, it's not because I have a great job, it's because God has blessed me. But secondly, how can the blessings that we have be used to make God known to the world? 3 John 5-8. to Again, you can look that up later. 3 John 5-8 to is about a passage where John himself says, it is important that we send people out in a way worthy of God, as if we were sending God out. So when we as a church send the Panagios out, this will be their home church. When we send them out, we send them out in a way worthy of God himself. And thus, we are being faithful. Thus, we are partners in their ministry. So it isn't something that we just sort of pull the money out. It's a recognition. God's given this to me so that people in Peru can be trained, can hear the gospel and be trained. The next point, missions is about prayer. You've heard it said several times here. Let me tell you this, as a practitioner of this, as a representative of what I'm talking about, I want you to hear this statement and hear it well. I would rather have somebody pray for me regularly and intelligently than I would have them give me $100 a month. Did you hear that? Hear that well. Because it's easy to just simply put up a something, a little magnet on your refrigerator, get a prayer letter and dismiss it. I would rather have you pray that prayer letter As you get it, read through it, pray it before the Lord, and throw the prayer letter away. And then you don't feel guilty, but God has been exhorted. God has been beseeched. God has been prayed for, for Ken and his ministry, for the Panagios in in their ministry. Prayer for open doors, for the seed to be sown, for courage and boldness, for the Word of God to carry out its purpose. Missions is about praying. Missions is about listening to the call of God. Listening to the call of God. How does that come? It's not a mystic feeling. It's a recognition on the part of everybody. Here is a passage from Scripture. I want to obey that Scripture. I look at myself. I look at my gifts that God has given me. I see the needs, the gifts, 
the scripture, the need, they all line up. But there's an interesting point in Acts chapter 13, 1 to 3. Acts chapter 13, 1 to 3 places a burden, a burden on the elders of the church, on the deacons of the church, and maybe, maybe I should say the parents of the church, to say, hey, we feel there's a person right here. We would like to ask you to strongly consider going overseas because we sense that you have gifts that can be used and there are needs overseas that you can meet. We would like you to pray about that and allow the elders to say no to somebody who maybe not should go and yes to people who should go. So missions is about response to the call of God. And lastly, missions is about suffering. Missions is about suffering. Ephesians 6, 10 to 20 is about the armor of God, but it starts with the battle and it recognizes that God has given us grace and strength so that we can stand in the battle. And it's not always just the heavy things. It's not all the mystical things. It's not all the Halloween type things. Spiritual warfare is as basic as as basic as talking and sharing the gospel with somebody, and during that hour conversation, having that person's phone, cell phone go off literally six times, and have the person say, what were we talking about again? What were we talking about again? And getting to the end and saying, you know, I began to think that maybe you had something different, but now I've concluded you're no, you're no different than me. That's spiritual warfare. That needs to be prayed about. That's the entrance. That's what missions is all about. Entering into that battle. The bottom line. A definition I heard from a Jim King, a professor during my PhD program. He said this, missions is planting churches who will nurture and plant other churches who will continue to plant and nurture local churches. That's what mission is all about. So I want to come back to what Zach said. Pray. Give, go, and send. That's as practical as it can be. You don't have to figure it out. You don't have to determine for yourself, what does this passage mean? What is this message about? We have given you the four applications. The question to all of you is, how are you going to respond? What are you going to do? Mature Christianity is about responding to the Spirit of God as He convicts us. I am sure the Spirit of God is convicting all of us here. May the Lord give us grace. Grace. And maybe someone here will say, I would like to be a missionary. Maybe someone here will say, I think I would like to give. Maybe someone here will say, you know, I want to pray better. I want to pray more. I want to pray more deeply. Let's pray. Father, I'd like all of you to pray silently and think before the Lord right now as the Spirit of God convicts you, what is it that the Lord wants you to do? You've got four applications, possible other applications. Please pray silently and respond to the Spirit of God as He convicts.